Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone, and this time we're talking about Kill Bill Volume 2. We already had our discussion of the first film, and we're moving into the discussion of the second film, and we're just going to, you know, keep this fairly free-flowing and open, and we're not going to worry too much about structure since we already had a previous episode where we dealt with part one. So, so Adam, uh, just jumping right into it, What's your immediate reaction to watching Kill Bill 2 again? Uh, I would say my immediate reaction, I got more. I mean, it's been a long I have to repeat, I haven't watched it since it really since it first came out. And I found it an even more satisfying and enjoyable movie than I did back when I first saw it. I don't know. It's more things kind of struck me. I, I uh I thought the characters worked better for me. Just the emotional beats of it worked better. Overall, I I I, I thought it was great. So, what about you? Well, just to uh, jump onto what you were saying, I think something about this movie does benefit from a rewatch because mm-hmm. watching it the first time paves the way for noticing things. Like, okay, I know that in the next scene they're going to do this, but I'm curious how they get there. I found yeah. myself doing that a lot in this movie because where they get when you if you if you track it like okay here's point a here's point b here's point c here's point d when you're at point c you're sort of like you know i know d is coming up but i can't imagine how they're going to smoothly get to d what 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 editing trick do they use to get there so that i don't awkwardly watch them walk over to the table in the lawn do you know what i mean like things yeah. like that yeah, well, having a moment, Reimer, oh, yeah, that's right. The the whole flashback to her training is to explain why she can punch through a coffin. And that was, like I said, I remembered, I remember we went to that whole training sequence. But, yeah, I didn't remember how we got there. But but like I said in the past episode, this is my favorite one in the in the series or in the movie. I, I don't know. Is it a series if it's volume one and two? Is that a, the correct? He, uh, I don't know. It's debatable because... You know, there was the whole I, I kind of in glancing at things saw there was the whole poster poster controversy with this where it was called the uh, the fifth Tarantino movie by the studio and the original poster. And he made them change it. He's like, no, it's still the fourth movie. It's one movie. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, I, at some point, I think he wanted to release it as one ridiculously long movie. But uh, so well, well, I don't here, here's what I heard about that. I heard that he wanted to it was going to be one movie and then. They stepped in and said, no, make this two movies. And then he jumped at the chance because it allowed him to explore okay. the backgrounds. Okay. So, so the characters might have been thinner, I think, if they hadn't made it two movies. Which I think, I don't know. The reason I like part two is because that's exactly what it does. It expands on all of the stuff we saw in part one so that you understand the depth that all the characters have. And yeah. it sort of takes its time and it just unwinds very slowly. And it's a pace that. I don't know. You, there aren't there aren't too many movies that are like volume two of the first film that are done in this way that have the they just have the time to do this. Do you know what I mean? It, it. I remember when I first saw it, it really struck me because I saw the first one on DVD when it came out and I liked it, but I was kind of like, like T- Tarantino wasn't as established for me then as he is now. Do you know what I mean? Because at that time, I think what was the movie he had done before? Jackie Brown. Jackie was, Brown. Yeah. And. Prior to that, it was Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. And when Pulp Fiction came out, it was a phenomenon. Do you know what I mean? So it was almost like a fad. Like you just saw Pulp Fiction everywhere. Like even on The Simpsons, they had a Pulp Fiction episode. So I liked Pulp Fiction a lot. I remember enjoying it. I liked Reservoir Dogs. But then when Jackie Brown came out, I remember kind of wondering like, okay, is this like the, like, now Jackie Brown, I I can watch and enjoy. But when it came out, I think it, it didn't land as well as Pulp Fiction did for me. Do you know what I mean? And... I, I liked it, but it, I agree with you that for most people, it, it, it well, I mean, it was, I don't know that it was a bomb, but it, it was, was a disappointment, certainly, at the it, box it, office. It wasn't a bomb. Mm. It wasn't a bomb, and it's it's a good movie. I understand why you like it, but it's like my all of my expectations were built up on Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. And it's then, totally different yeah. than those. And, yeah. it, and it's like, well, where's the style? Do you know what I mean? And in a way, it's probably good because so many people were imitating him at that time. It's kind of he interesting. He wanted to step back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. then when, when this came out, I remember seeing the ad for the volume one and thinking, well, you know, I, I don't know that I would need to rush to the theater to see it. Do you know what I mean? But then uh-huh. when I saw it and then when I when I saw part two is what cemented it for me. That's when I was like, oh, my God, this is a great movie. Do you know what I mean? Because 
because uh, at the time, a stylized martial arts movie by an American director, that's a questionable proposition. Do you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> yeah. There was a there's a lot of bad stuff on the market that I remember watching growing up, and and I and and so when I got to volume two and saw it in the theater, that 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 it just had a really big impact on me. I remember feeling like it. You know, part one was a great movie. But something about this, I I, just, I liked the way it used Gordon Liu scenes. I liked the the level of heart the movie had. There are a surprising number of emotional beats in the movie, like you were saying, that yeah. that really make the movie work emotionally. And it, I don't know, it, it, the the way that it handles the background material is really interesting, and also. There are moments in this movie that are really horrifying and unnerving, and it's done really well. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the burial scene that you're talking about, mm-hmm. or the black mamba scene, and just stuff. You know, but it also still has the humor. Do you know what I mean it just has more stuff that I like? I I don't know if I I like both movies, but if I have to watch one of them, it would be part two. And yeah, and it's it, where it's where you get all the payoff for the most part. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, as far as when this came out, too, I think to people that weren't around and it's worth mentioning, there was a long gap between this and Jackie Brown. It's like yeah. I I did see Reservoir Dogs in the theater. Pulp Fiction came out two years after that. Yeah. Then it was only a couple of years till Jackie Brown came out. And then there was just this six year gap before yeah. before before you had that. It was like he kind of because I remember for a while he was making a World War Two movie in between Jackie Brown and this. That was going to be his next movie. Then that kind of disappeared. I mean, I don't know if that was Inglorious Bastards in an early state or if it was something different. I think it was. But, I think because Inglorious Bastards I had heard about for a long time. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was you know him you know it was it was kind of. You know, with Jackie Brown not being a huge hit, I was almost kind of wondering for a while, well, is, is Tarantino just, gonna, you know, he, he did his movie and then he's, he's just going to fade away. But uh, this this was a really big comeback for him. No, it was it was huge. And um, another thing about part two that I like is it, it still has a lot of the martial arts in it, but it's not all about the martial arts the way the first one. Like the first one is great because from beginning to end, it's just like action almost the whole way through, right? Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's sort of a breakneck action packed martial arts movie. And this one still has really good martial arts, but it, it's already established that this, that we can do martial arts. So now we're going to have spaces in between. And it's sort of like yes. the music when you have the spaces that breathe, it, it just works a little bit better. I think, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause then you notice, you notice those dramatic moments more you notice the action more when it happens it has more impact um, yeah and it doesn't feel the need to be as flashy with the fights i mean the you know the fight with with daryl hannah it's like in this cramped <laughs> trailer and and it, it's it there you know i mean it doesn't go as as crazy over the top yeah. as a lot of the other fights it's more constrained it's much shorter uh obviously that the final fight the big fight the movie's building up to is over very quickly <laughs> no and that so, and that fight scene actually it reminded me a lot of there's like a shaw brothers movie with gordon Liu where he's fighting in an alley and i think we saw it on the wushu weekend we might know, we've seen so many it's hard to i remember. know it's tough to but say. it reminded me of that <laughs> sequence where like they get more narrow and narrow and narrow and they you know uh, like because i think is it in the trailer scene where she tries to draw the sword and she can't because the the space won't allow for it like She's, do you know what I yeah, mean? I think that does happen. In yeah. That yeah. So, but yeah, so, so I, I think this is a tremendous movie and I think the thing that I noticed this time, and I guess we can lead by talking about the final chapter because that's uh, sure. where I noticed this is, uh, is, is how much heart it had and how it like, it's funny because at the time when I first saw it, I didn't even really think twice about how the movie ends, but it goes you do not you really wouldn't expect the final revenge scene to become the sort of heartwarming tender family scene that it is do you know what I mean <laughs> where it's just you know her bill and the daughter and then like you know she watches a movie i think she watches shogun assassin with her and it's yeah. it's, it's it's all it's 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 almost purely dialogue until you get to the final showdown at the you know on the patio there but i don't know what 
did you have any thoughts about that scene watching it again or yeah i mean it's yeah i mean that that was that that struck me a lot more i think than it did the first time i watched it because i didn't i didn't really remember a whole lot of the details Mm -hmm. of that portion of the movie and I don't know, maybe it's being older and having younger relatives and everything, but that kind of thing is more meaningful to me than it was way, 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 way back when this movie came out. And yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, obviously part of it's skewed by the fact that I know how it ends. I mean, you know, I think, you know, what Bill was going to do was a lot more worrisome the first time I watched it. It's like, you know, he's he's just this conti- I'm kind of worried, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? And I couldn't I, I was I was able to just sit back and watch the character beats more during yeah. those scenes because there wasn't there wasn't any suspense attached to it. It's like, yeah, well, she's going to kill him. That's going to that's yeah. The, yeah. the first time there is this tension through that whole scene because you do not know which you know what he is planning to do. And so, yeah. like, even when he's making the sandwiches, the first time you're watching it, you're like, oh, did he's he poison that sandwich? Like, what, you know. Well, he's also holding this huge, he's got a very big knife for making a yeah. sandwich. Yeah. Too. Well, and, and, and Tarantino <laughs> knows what you're thinking because he ends up yeah. shooting her in the leg with that dart. Do you know what I mean? And that's not, that's not for no reason. Like, that, that is the... <laughs> that is the the bang in that scene where you know you're sort of supposed to think, oh my god, he's he's done it. Do you know what I mean? He, you know, he, he yeah, he, yeah. And then then of course it being a Tarantino move, it's it's a dart that's going to make her talk a lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a truth serum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, yeah, I'm being able to sit back and kind of watch the character beats. I mean, Bill is Bill is just a terrible character. There's not it's not like I have more. I think, oh, well, he wasn't. But he, but he, he was just more interesting to me this time because I could just sit back and watch. And the, the relationship with his brother is actually jumping forward in the movie, if I may interested me a lot more this time too because I, I it was so insignificant to me last time i didn't even remember that they were brothers uh, you know from yeah. the last time i watched it but you know to, to talk about madsen's character you know there's the the bit where he has the conversation with bill and he's saying oh you know maybe she deserves a revenge and all of that and it's like the first time I watched it, I genuinely thought, oh, he feels bad about it. And it struck me as odd that when she shows up, he never has the least bit of sympathy for her and tries to kill her in an extremely horrible way. And and it struck you know, and then it struck me, like right at the point when she finds the sword, that he really did have the sword, but he told Bill that he pawned it. Yeah. I thought all he's doing in that scene is being a dick to his brother. <laughs> and try to make his brother feel bad about it. It's okay, like, that's he doesn't, interesting. That's he, doesn't, interesting. He, he doesn't feel any guilt about what they did to her, but he knows that his brother does, and he's just picking at that wound. Okay, that's an interesting and, take, because I was wondering about that. I was Because that always annoyed me, too, because he says... Yeah. Because he's sowing so much remorse in that scene. And, and I think, don't they even play that voiceover in part one at the end? They do, but, yeah, which so, is why it sticks with yeah. you, yeah, yeah. But that means it's important, too, right? Like, that means, like, it's not just, it's not insignificant. And so he says that, and it's like, okay, like, like maybe she deserves her revenge and we deserve to die. And, but the, but here's the thing. I had another thought about that scene, because I think what you're saying is very compelling. I think there's good... Oh, it's, it's a theory. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a I, very I, good I, theory. My other theory was this. Maybe he knew she was going to dig her way out of that. Maybe. Do you know what Maybe. I mean? No, because he knows her level of training, right? He knows he knows that she's that she would train under Pi May. He 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 was gonna put the flashlight in there with her, right? So like yeah. and he and 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 when he's I don't know, something about that gesture, it that doesn't seem like a smart thing to do if you no, want you're to right. die. Right? You're right. You're um, right. And so I was I was and so so here's here's my other theory. Maybe he is so guilt-ridden and that he know he kind of he kind of knows how things are going to play out with with Ellie Driver, right? Like he yeah. maybe maybe and so so maybe he's allowing all that to unfold and he's putting her in the hole knowing she you know what I mean like in movie logic, not in real world logic. Like maybe No, no. You, you know I, what I'm saying? No, that 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 is also a good theory. And I mean <laughs> and it's possible that 
that both theories are true at the same time, which is that he was letting her get away with it. And he was also saying the things just to be a jerk to his brother. Because once again, the, the pawning his sword thing, it's like, I, I don't, you know, there isn't, I, I don't see any other motivation for that because he never uses, has any inclination to use the sword or, or seems likely to. It just seems to be like, he just knows it's going to really annoy his brother that he just sold this, this priceless sword for two hundred dollars. <laughs> no, and the look on it's, Bill's face when he when he says it is, you know, he's just needling him. Yeah. That's that's all. That's the only reading on that. That was, I mean, that was really was thinking about the sword that made me think about the other part, you know. But uh, I mean, in any case, it's it's the fact that there's multiple ways to look at. It. I love it in a movie when you can look at something and they don't explain it. They just leave you with this mystery. Yeah. Why did this character do this thing? And there's multiple compelling reasons, and you can discuss it's, it. I mean, that's the sign of a good movie, good movie. no it's it's extremely enigmatic and it's hard not to notice do you mean it's like why why is he now doing this after he just expressed all this guilt and yeah it really it really makes you wonder uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie obviously but that one really sticks out and this is one of the scenes i usually i usually remember the buddy stuff and the pime stuff when i think of this movie those are the two things that kind of stand out um my favorite my favorite character in the movie actually is the um oh god what's his name the the larry bishop character the guy that runs the strip club Did yes you, the, yeah i i did not remember that character in the least from my previous watch okay. but i absolutely loved that performance this now, time what about why do i like that so much because i know i like it but i have no idea why i don't know what it's hitting in me that make like every time i see this movie that's the scene i can't wait to see you know I mean? and, it, and nothing really big <laughs> happens. He just gets fired. Not even fired. He gets like temporarily let go. Yeah, until he's just the getting punished yeah. by his boss. I'm taking you off the schedule for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically he shows up late to work. The boss takes 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 him off the schedule for the next few weeks. And then he has to clean up the bathroom. That's all that really happens <laughs> in the scene. But but something about that performance, or maybe even just the hair and the makeup. Like I don't know. It just it it really works. Like I know exactly the kind of guy that this person is supposed to be. Yeah. It's just so real. It's yeah. just this, you know, I mean, it, it's the good thing about Tarantino's movies, even when they're really cinematic, there's just these little grounded touches that kind of weld everything to some level of reality. I mean, and plus just Madsen's character, you know, being this like international assassin, who's now just being, needled like he's some minimum wage teenager by well, and the guy calls he says you kids right that's like one of the striking lines in the scene yeah you know you kids don't you know understand unless i mess with your money or whatever it is he said and madison just kind of buddy just kind of takes it he doesn't really do anything he's just sort of meekly accepting it no it kind of it kind of feeds in too to what bill's talking about later about how you know she he's like you know you're you're the the Superman who pretends to be Clark Kent. And you're always going to be, <laughs> you know, you could, you could, you could pretend to be Clark Kent as long as you want, but you'll never really be that. You'll always wake up. Being, it's like, it's kind of a similar thing to that, that he's gone. He's leading this really nothing life. And uh, it, it kind of puts that, that into, you know, it kind of brings that theme of the movie up too. No. Yeah. Cause that, that is the choice that the characters have in this universe is they can be killers and live this glamorous lifestyle or they can retire to a mundane, boring existence. Right. Like that's, yeah. those are the two options that seem available to them. And well, yeah, I guess that's, the thing. that's another, another spice to that scene is that, you know, buddy could just like murder everybody in the club yeah. in response. <laughs> yeah. He could do it easily. That's the, that's the it's... thing. Like, cause that guy, that guy is a tough guy. The, the boss, the, 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 the Larry Bishop character, his name is Larry Gomez in the movie. Yeah. He would intimidate you or me in real life, but he wouldn't intimidate buddy. If buddy was unrestrained. But something is yeah. restraining him, and so exactly that—that that is part of the power of the scene. Buddy yeah. is choosing; he is choosing to like just accept this crap life, which actually does go back to the fact that he he clearly does have some level of remorse. But also, once again, you know, the capper to his line about she deserves her revenge is that also she wasn't any better than any of them in a lot of ways too. So well, you know. Well, the cool, th the interesting thing about that line too is that's delivered in rhyme when he's talking. He he, it's like poetry 
you know what I mean? Like, like it's buddy poetry. It's not like Shakespeare, <laughs> but it rhymes. Do you know what I mean? He says, so we'll just see. And it rhymes with whatever he said before. Do you know what I mean? I had I th- noticed I think that. He says but, something yeah. like, maybe so does she. So we'll just see. Yeah, it's, you're right. We'll it's, it's, see, a, it's very but... rhymy. And it's sort of like, okay, this is significant here. And so, so maybe that's the part that answers our question too, is that he's saying she also deserves to die. And then when, when this truth serum is delivered later in the movie and she's, you know, talking with Bill, he's saying like, you're a killer. Like, like you're saying, like, you know, you're, you know, you're not Clark Kent, you're Superman, you're a killer. And so, uh, you know, you know, tell me honestly, did, 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 did you enjoy killing all those people? And she's like, yes, I did. Do you know what he's like, yeah. so, you know, she isn't a particularly nice person either. And I think the, the good thing about that is if they ever do do a Kill Bill 3 and everybody knows what the plot of that is going to be, it's going to be Copperhead's <sighs> daughter coming to get revenge. We could see the whole movie through the point of view of Copperhead's daughter. I forget the daughter's name, but we can see her point of view and we can sympathize with it and we can see the bride as a villain. Do you know what I mean? Like the bride yeah. could serve as a Bill type character in, in, in a sequel if they ever do one. And it would it would work because we do know yeah, she is kind of a terrible person, except for the fact that she loves her daughter and she got revenge for her. But then, yeah. you know, that doesn't exactly exonerate her from all the stuff that she did. So No, well, it's 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 an interesting thing of the movie. The movie jumps around time all over the place, but you never you never see the assassination squad all together in action. All the relationships between them are largely implied, you know, and, it, it, you know, it's like it. It deliberately never shows you any of that. The, the only time you see choice. them together is the closest you get is at the the the, the wedding chapel, Mercy. Exactly, and but even that's, again, then, that's not all together yeah. because she's not well, because it, it, you know, crucially she's not part of it. Yeah, well, well, and also they don't actually. So I want to talk about that scene because that scene's the one that's shot in black and white, and it's also I think it's the scene where we first see Bill, if I'm not mistaken. I know we see him at the I end of part right. one, but we don't see his face. I believe. Unless I'm no, we don't. we don't. So, so here we actually see Bill. It's shot differently than the rest of the film, and it's shot in an amazing way. Like that scene has really striking visuals. Just when it's panning away from the door, and they're yeah. walking towards it, and just you know, just the way the whole scene is set up and shot, and the way that there there's so much there's so many lines in it that have double meanings. Do you know what I mean? That you know, like like I'm particular about who my gal marry. You know, things like that. There's yeah. just all these little. You know, where where she seems to believe that, oh, he's accepting all this and he's saying all these things, knowing that he's going to k- kill her and everybody there. You know, the, the, yeah. something about and, you know, as an audience member that that's what happens because they already know the story from the first film. So I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on that scene? Uh, ooh, any thoughts? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything particularly original to say off the top of my head. I mean, it's. Uh, it's. I'll say one thing. I I felt really stupid when I got to the closing credits because I I just didn't even notice that Samuel L. Jackson was in that scene. I, I didn't. Well, it's a, it's didn't, a small role. He plays the piano it is. player. I know. It's just. It's just. It's just. But it's just for someone as famous as him to like not. Because I, I noticed the piano player too. It's not like I was oblivious, but it just didn't. It didn't hit me, and I'm like, oh well, and wow. He's filmed from the oh. back most of the time too. I don't think we. I, I suppose he, you know, he yeah. must have been, because yeah. I didn't recognize him. But uh, that was I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously that is. Uh, I mean, the thing about that scene is it's a real kind of companion piece to the the final scene because it's the it's kind of the beginning of the conversation they're going to finish. <laughs> at the end of the movie i mean that's the it's 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 a lot of talking between them and i mean and it is interesting watching it a second time because i i did have some sense of how the movie was going to end already watching it so so it's kind of seeing that interaction between them was very interesting but yeah it's well it's kind of funny because i was saying that i you know some of the tension's gone from the ending of the movie, not in a bad way, but it's still dramatic. You know, and I was kind of seeing it a different way because I knew I knew how it was going to end with Bill dying. Whereas with the opening scene, with, you know, with the, with the chapel scene, you've 
you kind of got the opposite thing that you know this is all going to be really horrible yeah. and, and it's like even though it's this calm conversation between the two it's like oh god this is this, this. in the conversation between him and the guy that you know she's going to marry and everything it just it's it's just incredibly tense you, you know it's just not because it's suspenseful, you know what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be bad. Yeah, no, so, and they do they do a really good job of allowing it to like sink into that calm, and everything Bill does is just so much more menacing the more you watch the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like every polite gesture, it just yeah, it just adds. To, I, I think that scene works wonderfully, and I I don't know, I really like the um, I I mean we could we could talk about this later, I suppose, but it's probably appropriate to bring up now just the 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 casting of David Carradine as Bill here. And yeah. I don't know. He seems very perfect for this role to me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not an enormous David Carradine fan, but I think the things that David Carradine brings work in kill Bill. He kind of, he's a little bit unlikable. Do you know what I mean? There's something a little bit unlikable about David Carradine. Yeah. Uh, but he's also charming. And those two things together really work here. And apparently, I guess Warren Beatty was the original choice, or one of the original choices for Bill. Really? And yeah, Bill, well, that's, that's another charming but somewhat unlikable person. Well, so. the thing that's interesting is he was <laughs> going to be more of a Bond villain type, more, or more of a James Bond type person, I think, when they... Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's going to... So, I, I believe what Tarantino tends to do is he tends to rewrite the script with the actor in mind. And yeah. I feel like you can see that... Like, you can see that through this movie. Like, this is it's not just that David Carradine was brilliantly cast. The script was brilliantly tailored to David Carradine's, you know, qualities. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, oh, it was, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, you know, talking about how I, I kind of had, was more relaxed and watching the character beats of the end of the movie, you know, I mean, something that struck me is, is that, you know, because I wasn't worried about him murdering her at any point or doing something horrible, I I was I just able to see it's like it was just more believable that they had this relationship. I mean, it was it really I felt more the fact oh this is you know this is her ex and that it's she wants to kill him and she wants to get a revenge, but this is really complicated, and uh, that 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 came through to me more on this watching than last time I watched it. I guess, I guess also just I've got. You know more life experience too i mean the older i get the more i appreciate the complexities of these things but no i i've noticed that too with this is that it's a movie that kind of ages with you a little bit the more you you know what i mean as you get older and watch it you notice other things about the movie some movies don't do that um yeah one thing i also was wondering about that i've never really i don't know it's probably there's probably an obvious answer that i'm overlooking there are a lot of scenes in this that are visibly overacted intentionally do you know what I mean like they're not it's not like the actors are overacting and they're they don't know the opening doing. opening monologue from her is definitely a case of that where yeah. she's driving the car and she's talking and i i, I kind of that that was a little much for me i think i knew it was an intentional choice but i was like yeah i well, don't know and in the trailer when her and uh and ellie driver are having their their duel in the trailer you know it's similar some of the dialogue yeah. but that dialogue is a little bit more comedic too so it's sort of you you know it the overacting works in favor of the comedy, but I'm just curious. What do you think the reason is for for choosing overacting in certain moments in the film? Do you know I mean even even like the pimp is like a really over? It's brilliantly overacting. <laughs> it's mesmerizing, but it's it's overacted for sure, right? Like what's what's the purpose of all the overacting in the movie? Well, I mean, it's the the movie is is. I mean, it's playing on a lot of cinematic tropes. You know, I mean, like I said, I I wasn't entirely comfortable with the little opening monologue scene. I thought that it felt a little too heightened for the opening of the movie. It's like I felt like the opening of the movie should you bring it in rather than having this distancing cinematic effect. Yeah. yeah. You know, I you know, like that that monologue might have worked better if it was put somewhere else in the movie. But I felt like as an opening, I was like, ah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's. It, you know he's he's playing with kind of a selection of recipes here and i mean it's i don't i mean mo, a lot most of the time i didn't think about it just it just comes naturally out of the moment and what's happening in the movie at that time i felt like the pimp scene yeah i mean the pimp is a very heightened kind of role he, but 
it, he embodies it just, the smoke that he's inhaling. Dude. I mean, he's got that. There's something. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but there's something really captivating about the way that character is played. But it's it's not yeah. how a normal human would behave. You know? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But it's uh, no, but I, I I don't know. It's it's uh, it, it's just it, I I I just think that worked naturally there. I mean I. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, these these characters are not supposed to be normal people. They are, you know, these superhuman assassins. So I, I think the movie works having these. I mean, and it's the mix, too, because once again, you, we're going back to the, the strip club guy, we've got this completely normal, believable, realistic strip club owner in amongst all these characters. So... No, that's true. Yeah. And, and, and I think the... Um... The other thing, too, is this is obvious. This is one of the movies that are supposed to sort of occur within his movie universe. So everything is just much more heightened, I suppose. Yeah, but I can just pick out like like you said, the opening sequence, which has kind of like a noirish, like, I don't know, like a sick early 60s kind of a feel to it. Right. Or even like a late 50s feel some of that. And then the, um, you know, the the pimp scene, the seat, the dialogue between, you know, um, uh, Daryl Hannah and Uma Thurman in the trailer, uh, you know, those kind of moments. And even the Pi May scene is really sort of heightened. You know, it, well, that's it, really yeah. heightened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you're, you're full on going into the, into the, the Wuxia universe with that pretty yeah. much. But, now, uh, now I wanted to ask you because, because my favorite, my favorite sequence in the movie is probably the one where he gives the story of Pi May while playing the flute. And then she has her training with him. You know, that section of the film uh-huh. Is the one when I first saw it, I loved the most. And so I'm just curious, after having watched all these martial arts movies, and especially the Gordon Liu movies, did that yeah. illuminate this scene for you, or did it... Yeah! No, I, I liked it more, because I I have the whole universe in my head that it's evoking. It's like, yeah, I... You know, even even when Bill's just telling the story about Pai Mei, it's like, yeah, I get Pai Mei and the, you know, and, and who he is, and I, I, I'm already, you know, I'm already seeing it all in my head because I, I, I get the the martial world, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, well, and we've so, seen yeah. movies with Pai Mei in them, right? We've seen, you know, the White Lotus film. The White the, Lotus, yeah. I think it was Executioners from Shaolin. I might be yes. confusing them, but there was the, uh, you know, we've seen, and, and then the, you know, the the there's a third one with Loway in it it's the uh uh Lolier, the uh um i think it's like Shaolin Abbott or Abbott is in the title i can't remember it off the top of my head but you know one of the things that that struck me about this scene though this time because so, we we watched so many Gordon Liu movies in the past 2 <laughs> years we really saw his full repertoire and we saw a lot more of his comedic films you know, yeah. towards the end. And I got a real appreciation for just how skilled he is at comedy. And that's a really important feature of this character. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things that really makes Pai Mei work is just how, how good Gordon Liu is as the character of Pai Mei. And, and just, and I, and I forgot how much comedy there was in that scene. It's, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's some real gut busting jokes in, 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 in the training sequence. Um, so, so just knowing Gordon Liu's comedic background there kind of helped helped add to it a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's he's once. I mean, obviously, going back to the Tarantino and casting, that's just another another perfect casting role. But yeah, jumping back quickly to the uh, um, you know to the pimp character too. I mean, I, I don't know if you 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 were aware of this, but it's the same guy that's playing the sheriff at the uh, chapel too. No, and, so, the, and what's striking about that is how I mean, obviously in the pimp scene, he's he's I don't know where it is exactly, but it's somewhere south of the border. Uh, you know, I think it's supposed to be in Mexico or something. So, uh, did they ever actually tell us where it is? Did we get a? Specific I didn't location? pick up on it. I didn't pick up on a location, but I'm I'm not a. You know, they may have said a name, and it meant nothing to me. But, it's not a. But those characters could not be more different. Do you know what I mean? Those are. Those oh are, yeah, it's, that's why I bring it yeah. up because I, I I only know it because I looked at the uh, at the cast. Mm. I would never, it never would have occurred to me without uh, without looking at it. No, the to- again, that's and that the the sheriff is almost kind of a 
I don't know, he's kind of a vanilla character in comparison to the pimp. The pimp is the one that really stands out to me. Um, as Yeah, but it's... The sheriff, I, the sheriff is really well done, though. I mean, he's he is he is a vanilla character, but it's a really good flavor of vanilla. No, <laughs> no, it works. I mean, he's the character they need for that scene. It's just that the there's something about the what's the what's the pimp's character's name? Um, oh God, I'm it's Esteban Viallo, right? Or so, something yeah. to that effect. Um, and and so. Yeah, that, that and Michael Parks is the name of the actor, and I don't know. I, I, I it, it's just an interesting scene. Um, yeah, a, a piece of trivia about that scene I accidentally picked up because I was watching the movie on Amazon, and if if you know on Amazon, whenever you pause the movie, you get all these little factoids that pop up, pieces of trivia, and apparently it was originally going to be Ricardo Montalban in that scene. Yes, yeah, and. And Michael Parks was brought like they apparently they were going to do like voiceover for it or something like I guess maybe Ricardo Montalban was kind of going to do it but couldn't do the voice mm-hmm. or something, and they say they, they Michael Parks was going to do kind of voiceover but then when Tarantino saw Michael Parks doing he's like no you you've just got the part you've got the part <laughs> yeah it, it worked really well I mean I know people might quibble over it in terms of you know he's not it's he's it's it's not a real accent. Do you know what I mean? But like I I think it, I think the fact that he's playing an accent he doesn't have actually makes that scene work better because I don't well, think yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, it's it's not it's not a cliche accent he's doing. I mean, there's you know there's times people do a foreign accent in a really cliche fashion, but there's time I feel like he's he's kind of digging into something there. Well, he's digging into it, but he's heightening it to a degree that I think you wouldn't get if it, do you know what I mean? It's it's. <laughs> it's, it's so heightened. Well, it's because it's it's it's, it, it's the thing of when you're wearing a mask, you can kind of be bigger. Yeah, you know, because he's he's put on he's put on this. You know, maybe maybe the part where he's playing the sheriff is closer to his normal self, so it's not as large. Whereas yeah. when he's playing this entirely different person, you know, and he's uh, it 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 just brings out something something there. Well, and I think it's important too because that I mean that see I know Quentin Tarantino has actually said. If the movie was shorter, he would have cut that scene out because it's not necessary, but he just likes yeah. that scene. And the, I think one of the things I like about it is how this is a horrific place. This is, I mean, apparently those are real prostitutes in there too. Like, except for the actress with the cut lip, this is, uh-huh. like, that's like a real brothel, I think, that they filmed at. And, okay. And he's telling her, you know, oh, Bill, did, Bill shot you in the head. I would have been much nicer. I just would have cut your lip. And then he has that lady come over and she's got yeah. the lip cut. And, He's, all these horrible things and the character is so airy and charming still do you know what I mean? he's still you know um and and her and her her role in that scene is kind of to 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 resist the charm and to resist the intimidation and to just sort of stay on him about where bill is do you know what i mean it's sort of yeah. like so so i don't know i just i just think that's a it's a really uh well it's I mean, it is a good scene, too, because from the standpoint of, yeah, he just says, yeah, well, I'm just going to tell you because you'd want me to. You know, if he if I don't tell you, he's never going to see you again. Yeah, that's I mean, a good that's, line. That's a very that, good line. that really sets the tone for the ending of the movie. So to say it's I mean, yeah, you if you if you had the short in the movie, that would be a scene to cut. But it would diminish the movie aside from the entertainment value, yeah. just from a larger thematic sense that would diminish the movie to cut it. Well, it's also the scene that really establishes where Bill is like you don't really have a sense of location without that scene. Well, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think I don't think that's the important point about it. Cause, I mean, if she just showed up, I mean, it's not like. It's not like we have any investigative scenes of yeah. her tracking down the location of the other members. You know, we don't know how she ends up at with at any of their places. She just does. So yeah. that's true. That's true. She could have just shown up, and we wouldn't have thought twice about it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have mattered to us where she is. You know. So, yeah. So I, yeah. I think you're right. But yeah, I don't know. I, and I I also think it's a good contrast because this guy is a bad guy. But he seems so much better than like Bill when you think of the, you know what I mean? It's sort of a way of making, like showing you just how bad Bill is because this guy's bad, but he still wouldn't have done to her what Bill ended up doing. Do you know what I mean? 
Bill, Bill <laughs> shot her in the head. Do you know what I mean? And kill yeah. everybody at the, you know, this guy, he would have done something really nasty, but it would have been survivable. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference in, in, in the level of villainy going on. And yeah. so by the time you get to Bill, it's like you, you understand just how dangerous Bill is supposed to be. And yeah, well, Bill, I mean, probably the most despicable thing about it is he sees himself as a victim to an extent. It's like, you made me shoot you in the head. <laughs> you know, that was, I mean, that was terrible of you. It's like, you know, by me making me think you're dead and running off with another guy, you made me do that thing that I've I felt bad about for all these years. I mean, it's just... <laughs> well, and when we get Bill's perspective, it is kind of interesting because he his big gripe is that he thought she was dead for a, he didn't he had no idea he thought she was dead and then he finds out that she's got a baby with this guy and uh, and and also there's that interesting line where i guess, i guess the big thing is she assumed he would never do anything like that and he's like no no i would definitely do that and you know like yeah. you know you're forgetting like i'm a killer and if you break the heart of a killer there are consequences for that like you know the, like what what lifestyle do you think you were living you know and so yeah. On the one hand, it's 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 bad that he feels like he's the victim when he isn't. But on the other hand, that she was an assassin who worked for this guy, and like, do you know, it's not like her hands are clean either in this whole thing. So no, no. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's a trap people fall into all the time. It's like I'm with this horrible person, but I'm. I'm their significant other, so yeah. I'm immune to their horribleness. And it's like, no, that's never true. If you're with a horrible person, they, they you know, you, you may have a truce with them, but they're still a horrible person, and you just need to take one step for their, their horribleness to come out again. Well, and but not just that, she's also a horrible person. She is. Well, exactly. Yeah, she, well, she, I like, mean, it's, yeah. Like, like, she, like, cause, and that's the funny thing about the movie. The movie, like, She's pre- a lot of times when you're seeing this character, you see her as a good guy. Do you know what I mean, she's presented to us as the good guy, but there are these moments where you fully understand that she's not a good guy. Do you know what I mean? That like nothing she's done ever has been good, really. Do you know what I mean? The, the best thing no, she she's, does, she's getting she's getting vengeance. Yeah, she's she's killing bad people, but there's never there's never anything selfless that she's doing yeah. through the movie. The, I mean, the closest thing she does to anything good is when she lets that kid go in the first movie in the yeah. final scene she doesn't she, murder a child yeah, yeah. is her is her good act yeah. <laughs> so 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 yeah i don't know but it, i forget where we were with all this but i i i i, I um i don't know i i think that final scene has is some uh, really interesting dialogue when you you start pairing it up with other things in the film. Do you know what I mean? Like it really helps to sort of un- unpack other parts of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, um, uh... So I don't know, were there any big scene? Oh, we didn't talk about the burial scene. We talked about it in passing, but we didn't really address we it. We got sidetracked. Uh, yeah. I know that scene to me, like I thought, I think that's one of the best buried alive scenes that, you know, and obviously he's calling back to a lot of other movies in this, so it's it's the DNA is traceable to elsewhere. But like, I just think it's really effective the way he does it, the way that it builds up to it. You know, as it sort of dawns on you what's happening, and when she's given that choice between the mace in the eye or the or the flashlight, um, and the way that it's tied yeah, to the pie may scene. It's horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, there's there's one buried alive scene I think of in a movie, but it's it's kind of a uh, spoiler to uh, to mention. I, it, I know so. what movie you're thinking of because <laughs> when you <pray laughs> it, yeah, no, I, I yeah. So I, I will I will not mention it for because uh, it's it's a it's a great scene. I, I would I would like people to be as disturbed and horrified by it as I was. Yeah. So, but but yeah, it is it is it is a perfectly done buried alive scene without a doubt I, I was surprised at how uh how affecting it was watching it a second time well, it still hits you it's also the first time in the movie you really realize how vulnerable she is because before that she's i mean she's getting scrapes and she's getting cut but she's taking everybody out do you know what I mean like in every yeah. in every scene she, she's not being taken hostage she's you know she she is a vul- like she the thing that's interesting about the bride is that she's a vulnerable character you do have these moments where she has emotions that you don't normally see on the on on assassin revenge characters do you know what I mean like you don't yeah. see jimmy wang you never did that kind of a thing 
but but she's able to be vulnerable which enhances the character but you don't realize that she's uh not invincible until that scene where she and again buddy is the the whole scene leading up to the moment where she goes into attack buddy is downplaying all of buddy's abilities he's like an alcoholic he's washed up he get you know he gets shit on by his boss he doesn't say a thing you know, he, he hasn't been practicing the swordplay in ages, which we find out might be a lie, but up until that point, we don't have any reason to think otherwise. And so yeah. we're like, well, he, she just killed all these people. Of course, she's going to be able to take out Buddy, of all people. And then she walks through the door and she gets shot in the chest. And Well, there's there's a level of overconfidence there because, I mean, what it's like that was just a stupid approach. Her just mm-hmm. kind of barging into his trailer. It's just like it's it's the one point in the movie where I'm like, wow, for a professional assassin, that was really, really amateur play. It's right. like she, you know, she kind of had that coming because it's like God, you just walked right into a trap. <laughs> it's you, like, you know, you there's think... so many, so many ways she could have approached killing him. And that was not a. Not 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 a, not a fantastic way. Do you think that's logical within the movie, or do you think that that doesn't hold up under scrutiny? I don't know. I mean, it's within the within the timeline of the movie. I mean, she's she may just be overconfident. She may, you know, she's she's taken out, you know, she's taken out a couple of people now, and she may just barge in, and she and she, you know, I mean. He, he does not. I mean, if he, if she was observing him, let's assume that she was doing some kind of surveillance ahead of time. He's not he, out of out of the people she, she's taken on. There's just he, he's just kind of this washed up guy working in a strip club and not. You know, I mean, it just he seems the easiest to take down. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems like he almost wants to die, too. So it's like, yeah, it's just it's, I mean. It's, you, you know, you, Copperhead is Copperhead is a suburban mom, but I bet I bet she's still the kind of suburban mom that's going down to the gym every, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> doing exercise classes and stuff, you yeah. know. But. Yeah, because they also downplay his physical appearance, too. Like, he looks physically out of shape in most of those shots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't look well. And so the first time I saw it, you know, I figured she was going to go in and kill him. It was going to be, you know, and then that's that's like her biggest down time like her bit her the, the biggest moment in the movie where she's just down do you know I mean where she yeah. you're, you're like oh my god she might die um and so i don't know i like i like that it kind of is like a left hook like that that you're not you don't see coming and then i like how it just the burial is what gets us to pi may and then the pi may stuff gets us out of the burial and then all the stuff that happens with Ellie Driver is so tied to all the Pi May stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. just having that duel with her, and number one, the stuff with the eye. Like that's where, like huh. that. Without that Pi May scene, you don't really understand the significance of like you know how her eyes getting plucked out and how there's this contrast being built up between her and the Ellie Driver character, where where Ellie Driver doesn't have what it takes to to really get to the heights of training that Pi May was trying to offer her, and Beatrix Kiddo does. And, yes, and you really see that at the end of the movie when you find out that she learned the the five point exploding heart technique. Yeah, you know, like that. Like, uh, but uh, and I also like how it's the most cliche thing in the world, and they know it. But the way that they handled the sort of "I killed your master" scene, where it oh, go, you're going to say something. So yeah, I was going to say it's it, no, it's well done because. Tarantino's good at, at like laying seeds in other parts of his movies to pay off elsewhere. I mean, the whole thing, you know, because you, you have the revelation in that scene that Pai Mei plucked out her eye. But earlier in the movie, when Bill is is taking Beatrix to to, to go to Pai Mei, she gives that he gives that big, long warning yeah. about you know, about, look, don't give him any sass at all. And it's like, so when you learn that he plucked out, it's like, oh, that really sends up a like. So you're like, wow, yeah, Pai Mei would do that. And then then that leads into her killing him. And I mean, it's just so many things feed off each other from one scene to another. What's really interesting is how it even informs the scene in the, uh, I forget the, I always forget the name of it, but the, but the, the final battle in part one, where she's saying like you know leave your body parts they all belong to me but you can go with your lives uh, yeah because yeah, is like this right. arm is mine now and now that it's mine i want it to be strong do you know like you can see where she got that idea from 
which is yeah. cool because it comes in the second movie, so it's not even like it pays dividends later on chron- chronologically. If well, I guess chronologically it does, but not if you're watching the film in the sequence that it's presented. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I just I just find that very 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 nice and interesting, and and I and I I like how they take a scene which would have already been really cool, her fighting Ellie Driver, because th- these two characters have kind of been built up as the two. They both they physically resemble each other, right? They're both two blondes, and they're both Bill's girlfriend, essentially, right? And yeah, and you get the you get the sense that there's 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 obviously a lot of animosity going on there, and it would work as a scene. But then when you add in the oh yeah, and I killed Pi May by the way, you know it. it, it well, it's it, it's funny because I mean ultimately it's her undoing is because you know the bride. She she stayed diligent. She she took the training. She learned every single secret that he had to teach her, including how to pluck out an eye. Yeah. <laughs> whereas whereas you know Ellie's like like ha I killed him ha ha. It's like no you got less training is what you did. You didn't complete the program. You just went just murdered the master and went on your way. So it's uh, her her brag is really. Yeah, that's that's why you lost. <laughs> and, uh, I also like the um, the fact that like my memory is always that Ellie Driver dies, but you never actually see her die in that scene. You see the Black yeah. Mamba again, and it kind of suggests that she might get bit because she's blind and she's flailing around this trailer. But I don't know. I I, I, I wonder if she just she just keeps her alive. I mean, I, you know, since she's blind. Well, well, here's but... the thing. I think anytime they don't kill a character in a movie on screen or at least strongly imply the character dies. You can assume the character is still alive for sequel purposes. And I feel like that would be really good because if they do a sequel to this movie, she can be (laughs) the blind swordsman character. (laughs) So there's, there's all this stuff that's sort of left over from, from the, the first movie that could be used for you know the, the the mythical sequel that we we probably won't ever get, but that everybody likes to talk yeah. about. Yeah, but um, it's it. I mean, yeah, and her, you know, e- either one, her being left alive as a punishment, you know, blind is 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 a punishment, but also her being bitten by her own snake as she flails around the trailer is is a good punishment. So yeah. once again, it's a a thing that the movie doesn't say, but whichever theory you go with, it it, it works. Also, one thing I noticed about the scene that I thought was interesting, just because it was two women, they they kept doing groin shots at each other. Do you know what I mean that that seems like that's <laughs> it's like moves that you would normally see in a movie on a guy? Do you know what I mean I thought that was just interesting that they opted for like mul- like way more than is the normal amount that you would see in a fight scene? Do you know what I mean there's like at least three or I four? Didn't, shots I didn't like pick that. up on that myself, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the choreography was really good. I thought the the fight choreography, the, the fight choreography in the first one is really great too, but it's it goes on so long, it's maybe a little bit overwhelming, so you don't catch everything because it's so there's so much yeah. coming at you. But in this one, because there's less, you can really see the distinctions between the different fights and the different moves. And I I I think the the stuff in the in the trailer works really well, and the stuff mm-hmm. with the Pi May sequence works exceptionally well as well the training sequence where you have stuff like he's leaping up on the sword and yeah you know just all you know uh you know the the gordon Liu stuff is 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 really entertaining um but but yeah so i don't know we're, we're coming up on the 55 minute mark so we should probably end probably it, wrap it up uh, yeah i don't know any any additional thoughts uh no i think i've uh I've I've uh, got it together so far. I think I've said everything I need to say. Okay. I guess the only thing I would add is I I do think that the the selection of music works really well throughout the movie. I mean that's yeah, music's sure, always uh, important in these movies, but in this one I think it's 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 really got a little bit more meaning the way that it's attached to different moments, especially if you can trace what the song in question <laughs> is. And, and what movie it was used in before. Well, once again, watching on Amazon Prime is good for that because it's, once again, anytime you pause the movie and mouse over it, it tells you what music is playing. Yeah. So it's I was, I was periodically doing that, going, what soundtrack is this that he's got? Okay. Yeah, no, it's it, Amazon. <laughs> one of the things I like about Amazon Prime is the trivia thing that they have. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's like well, there's two pieces of trivia that you're not even sure if they're true. 
And... It's a lot of it is 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 taken from IMDb, so I always take it with a grain of salt. And the okay. thing I really hate about it being from IMDb is all the goops, which are continuity errors. And half the time you're like, that's not really a continuity. It's like, oh well, during the scene during breakfast there were different plates on the table. Continuity <laughs> error. It's like, no, it's it's a different meal. Okay, mm-hmm. come on, IMDb. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, exactly. The, the muse I like the music selection is always there and the cast is there. And yeah. that is really helpful. The trivia hit or miss. Yeah, the, a lot the of trivia it just... can be good sometimes. I've, I, but, but again, like I said, there, there are times when you read it, you're like, I don't think that's actually true. Um, yeah. Or, or that's why, or... that's why I qualified, you know, the piece of trivia about Ricardo Montalban as being from the uh, trivia that popped up. Because okay. I'm like, I, I, I don't know if that's true. I haven't researched that. I uh, I just got that from uh from the the screen on Amazon. I've heard that elsewhere as well, but it's always possible they're getting it from IMDb too. So, you know, if everybody's <laughs> using the same source and the same source is bad, then but IMDb yeah. is not a reliable yeah, yeah, source. Yeah. So, so though, what would you say is more reliable? Like, it, would you say? And I know these neither of these are considered reliable sources, but would you say Wikipedia or IMDb is more fault free? Wikipedia is better because you have to cite your sources. There's okay. kind of that little that little note number. You go to that, takes you to the article. You can go to where they got their information. But With IMDb, it's like, oh, just this person says this. Yeah, but I have a complaint about that because I've noticed a lot lately when I follow that link, it doesn't lead anywhere anymore. Well, yeah, but you were able to follow that link and see it didn't go anywhere. That's so. true. That's true. But then that to me says, okay, that's a questionable it does but, I say, but once again with imdb it's like uh, a lot of those things are just there and there's no there's source no, at all and i get you we even have any they're all they're all like the the footnote that's missing basically okay. so so yeah but so, yeah i i once again they're both flawed it's just I, I i feel like i have a chance of getting to the actual truth with wikipedia okay uh, and once again a wikipedia page on a movie i the the, the goof section you know, they, they rely so much on goofs for imdb things that they did wrong that it's just like i don't I don't want to have every continuity error in a movie, which may not even be a continuity error, picked out to me. That's just not interesting to me. Okay. No, that makes that. I I, I hear you. Um. So, anyways, we'll uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll end it now. And I know this Friday we're going to be doing Enter the Dragon on Wusha Weekend, and I believe I'm going to be doing Heroes of the East on Wusha Workshop, and Metal Workshop we're going to be doing Assholes in Metal. Something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what it is. But it should be fun. It should be a very fun discussion. So we'll be talking about assholes and what they contribute to the genre, what they take away from the genre, that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, so until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>